It's time to play the show. The bell has rung, and that big show might be over. But it's time for us to bring wrestling information you can enjoy with the match predictions, analysis, the ups and downs of professional wrestling, all reaction, some beverage drinking to bring you logic on tap with your good brothers. It's time for you to look into the eyes of Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder on Beer, Blues, and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special wrestling edition of Beer, Blues, and BS, a podcast whose hosts are not quite dead yet. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my half-dead co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? Well, I'm better now that I'm inside and uh, not in the elements and in that. Um, let me check. Okay, I do have a pulse yet, so <laughs> it's good. I can feel my own pulse. We're still we're still here trucking through it. <sighs> yeah, uh, we're at uh, about 18 inches of snow. And so we're finally getting to be able to sit down and do this between sickness and health, snowstorms and hell. We're back and we're going to put ourselves through just a little bit more hell with reviewing WWE's Crown Jewel 2022. Yeah. You might be wondering, wait, why took you guys so long? Um, last weekend, I was dead to the world. Um, and, uh, I also had to take care of both my kids at the same time. So that was misery. Um, but I'm back to a point where I can at least talk without hacking too much. <laughs> and, uh, let's get to crown jewel. And I just feel dead inside. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. <laughs> all right we we should i i'm making a hack and and cough harder so we should probably get something to drink what we do on the show every episode we do a what's on tap right at the beginning of the show because well we end up talking quite a lot and we need something to drink so howie blues you have a little something something on tap over there tonight well, not so much on tap because uh, Howie Blues is on antibiotics. Ugh. So I'm going to be uh, kind of boring, Kidder, and just be drinking a uh, a lemon brisk. So, and uh, hey, we get to record the regular episode of the podcast tomorrow night. It'll probably be something along the same lines. Spoilers. Still brisk, baby. All right, well, tonight it's something that uh, JS Gunslinger ended up having. And uh, I should say will have, because that'll be next week's episode. Not tomorrow's episode, next week. Or today, if you're watching it on Friday the 11th. Happy Veterans Day, by the way. Uh, it is the Smirnoff Ice Pink Lemonade. Let's get the raspberry and the lemon there. It's premium malt beverage, natural flavors, and certified colors because certification on colors is important. 4.5% alcohol by volume, and it is 
fluid ounces in this entire pink can of <clears throat> lemony something or other. Uh, it's made by the Smirnoff Company in Plainfield, Illinois, and you can find them there, Smirnoff.com uh, or something like that. Uh, drink responsibly, drinkiq.com. Howard Blues, maybe that's a website that could sponsor us. Drink responsibly. I don't know. Uh, no Ball Corporation aluminum either. So that's that. <coughs> well, <coughs> whoo. <clears throat> well, I'm <coughs> coughing out the snowblower exhaust fumes. <laughs> it took me uh, like an hour and a half to uh, get my car out of the street uh, because I had to go to work today. And coming home, trying to get into my driveway is the only place I got stuck. And clearing out the driveway. <laughs> so got a lot of the exhaust fumes there but as i was saying beerbluesbs.com is our website and that is where you can find out everything about beer blues and bs including our merch store buying us a beer buying us around and following us on the video and audio places where we host the show so please join us there and join us on social media for fun facts and episodes and random photos of different things that we come in contact with uh, so cheers to uh, you howie blues and uh, your health my health <clears throat> and everybody watching or listening so ah, mm, definitely pink lemonade all right crown jewel 2022 this started at 11 a.m central time that was the show time and, of course, they did the hour kickoff before it. Another waste of an hour because no matches on the kickoff show. So, no reason to watch it. They were also in front of their big green screen or blue screen chroma key set. Which I despise because you can see the chroma key around their figures and whatnot. And I hate it. Just sit around the regular desk put a couple monitors up i don't care even sit in the ring that they have set up at various places i don't know make something different the, the chroma key wall <clears throat> yeah sure the graphics are are fancy and moving and whatnot behind them but the question is is it really necessary and i say no or even better yet get a set like the nhl network has with a giant puck desk doesn't have to be a puck obviously but keep the desk they have now put that in an actual set and leave it there and then when you do these overseas things or hell just do the kickoff show from there each time why not and then actually have matches during the kickoff show <laughs> all right the graphics for this show not too bad uh, as you can see, I have the Sioux Green, which was used in the jewel portions of the graphics. And Howard Blues has the purple portion used in pretty much the rest of the graphics scheme this year. Uh, first of all, the set props for making a great looking set. It's a big crown. 
It reminded me a lot of the WrestleMania set at WrestleMania 30, which I loved. Great job there. Giant video screen with uh, LED runners around it to change color and add a little pop there. And an open-air arena. So they had a ton of fireworks throughout the show. So they blew the pyro budget in one night again. So I'm okay with that. Lots of pyro. Good stuff. So there's the good. The bad? Well, it was at noon on a Saturday, Eastern time. (laughs) I don't know. It got over before we had to go to bed, so there's that. But we still couldn't record this. So if a tree falls in the woods, does it make a sound? Doesn't matter. I don't know. But, I mean, it's like 7, 8 o'clock in Saudi Arabia. So for them, great. They got done. They could go home, enjoy their their night. Uh, DraftKings was another sponsor of the show. However, in the good column, no DraftKings commercials through the show at all. The only thing that popped up was a lower third of DraftKings and sponsorship and terms and whatnot. And then, hey, if you have a gambling problem, make sure you call this 1-800 number because they can help you with your gambling addiction. So I'll give them props for that, that they didn't completely beat you over the head with the DraftKings uh, sponsorship. I like that. Another piece that uh, fits into the crappy column for this show, promos. There was a promo, and then a match, and a promo, and a match, and another promo. In fact, when we start in with the actual show, they they barely made it through an entrance, and there was a promo in the entrance. Why? Stop with the filler. Either make the show shorter. And hey, the promos can go on the kickoff show. Wow. Get you hyped up for the thing. Nope. They go on the on the kickoff show and they go right in the middle of the match. They go right in between the matches. They fill up everything. No point. And plus, some of these promos have been airing for a year. Like the Drew McIntyre promo. It's the same one they had before WrestleMania last year. Come on. Lazy. All right. So that's that. Lots of pyro. Enjoyed that. Again, the graphics, the welcome, everything. Uh, They also used some drone footage. They had a live uh, feed from a drone hovering over the stadium. So it was cool to get that perspective. And they did some sweet shots throughout where the drone would come in from a wide shot over the arena and then come into the open air arena and down and kind of hover around the ring. Very cool. And they didn't overuse it. So they made it even cooler. Because <laughs> you know how it is, right? Hey, this is a new toy. Let's use the shit out of it. Like uh, Howie Blues, you remember the camera that they had with the very tight depth of focus, the depth of field. So 
when when the wrestler was here, everything else was blurred out around them, basically, even if they uh, other people were two, three feet behind them. <clears throat> it was kind of cool, but they overused it on television. And that agitated me. So anyway, that's the setup for the show. Are you ready to actually talk about something in the show? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's let's dive into this show. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, got them. I'm getting the vapors here. <laughs> getting the vapors. Okay, so as we start out. The first match, right off the top of the show, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley in what you could kind of say is a grudge match. Their second ever match. In this one, as uh, I have to go back, go back, back up, I believe, but I want to make sure. I chose Brock Lesnar. And yeah, I also and... guessed 13 suplexes in the match. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, for those who, who don't know, or this is your first time tuning in with us, uh, Kidder and I have a long-standing tradition of doing predictions for the pay-per-views, or live premium events, as they're now called, um, mostly for bragging rights um, and such. Uh, usually, we say you got to get your stuff locked in. Uh before the show starts, even before the match starts, because sometimes things happen. Uh, and Kidder usually sends me his picks because I am the keeper of the great stat sheet. And uh, usually I call it right here in the show as you we were going. Uh, Kidder, I also am picking uh, Lesnar to, uh, to win. And uh, I'm going to go only eight suplexes. All right. So... This, as, a, as I mentioned, uh, I, I don't remember who came out first, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was Bobby Lashley. Lashley comes out to the ring, and they do a Bobby Lashley promo. And it's like a three-minute promo. Why? Just completely killed the momentum and the excitement for this match. That's, that's my take on it. <clears throat> so... Uh, Lesnar then uh, came out and Lashley ended up <clears throat> running up and taking out Lesnar on the ramp. Now, what they they tried to do because, you know, Lesnar's trying to get into the ring. Lashley prevented him from getting in the ring, so they're not in the ring. Match hasn't started yet. So Lashley takes it to Le uh, Lesnar, throws him into the ring steps, makes it look like he tweaked his knee so lesnar's hobbling around <clears throat> lashley spears lesnar into the corner barricade by the timekeeper's table because that's you know the first time they've ever done that please just make that stop it's overused ah, through the barricade yeah the piece that falls over whenever somebody leans on it right then <clears throat> another spear right okay so now they're in the ring. The match finally starts. This, uh, by the way, a six-minute match. 
there's that for you. So uh, Lashley continues taking it to Lesnar. <clears throat> now, as you know, Lesnar isn't going to take that amount of crap for that long. So finally, Lesnar starts fighting back through the injured pain and hits one, two, three German suplexes on Lashley pretty much all in a row. Lesnar then hits a huge F5, gets a two count. They spill back out into the uh, ringside area. Lashley now drives uh, Brock Lesnar into the corner post. <clears throat> and then puts uh, Brock Lesnar into the hurt lock. Tries to, you know, put him out. Gets him back into, and this is, uh, by the way, in, in the ring. So Lesnar goes down to one knee. The ref does the the whole arm drop, right? And this time actually did it correctly, where in the third, you know, arm stays up. So you're good. I mentioned that because some of the other matches, they go, oh, they say, oh we got to call it. We got to call it. How about some consistency? Are you going to do it the right way? The three where, you know, there's a little bit of drama to it or just the one, oh, you're screwed. Eh. Okay. Side note over. Lashley has Lesnar in the hurt lock again as they do that. <clears throat> Lesnar ends up getting close enough to the turnbuckle where he kicks off the turnbuckle, uses that momentum, lands on Lashley. Well, Lashley is still applying the hurt lock. Lesnar's on top of him in a bridge, ends up getting Lashley's shoulders down. The ref's there. One, two, three. That's it. Lesnar picks up the victory. Lashley, absolutely pissed, but it is what it is. So after the match, Lashley goes back and, and continues to, <clears throat> you know, beat up Brock Lesnar because he uh, survived the hurt lock and picks up a victory. So one article I saw claims that this has been a rivalry for 20 years. I wouldn't go as far as a rivalry because they didn't fight until last year. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it it's more of like it's a dream match that everybody's been waiting for for 20 years, but I wouldn't say that it's a rivalry. Yeah. So that was okay, in my opinion. I was awake for it, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, at least You're... it sounds like an interesting and somewhat clever finish. I mean, for a Brock Lesnar match, you don't usually see him squeak by a win like that, which tells me that maybe, just maybe, there'll be a third. So, we'll see. I wouldn't doubt it uh, with Survivor Series coming up. Uh, War Games, by the way, Survivor Series War Games! And their theme for it is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. So there's that. Spent some money to get Sabbath. 
All right. Promo again, like I said. And I think there's a WWEshop.com promo in there as well. By the way, if you want to get some merch from our merch store, go to BeerBluesBS.com, click on merch. We'd appreciate it. Lots of great stuff, including pint glasses, some sweatshirts, hoodies, pants, pictures, stickers. What else we got on there, Howard? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good summary of it. Plus some other stuff. We got one of them there, uh, chef aprons, too. You can get one of them there, chef aprons. <clears throat> Beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. Hey, 20% off right now, too. Use code Howard and get them Howard holiday savings. <laughs> yes, I say I said them holiday savings because that's how silly it is. <laughs> Howard's holiday savings. BeerBluesBS.com. Okay, next match is <clears throat> Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. This, uh, oh no, oh I skipped a match. Let's back up. Let's let's hold the phone. The next match, as I double check my notes because I skipped over the second one. It is for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Damage Control versus Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Now, uh, in this match, I picked Alexa Bliss and Asuka to retain. I say retain because five days prior to Crown Jewel on Monday Night Raw, Alexa Bliss and Asuka beat Damage Control to win the WWE Women's Tag Team championship so why would you make a switch after five days of holding the belts why would you take the belts off of somebody in the first place i don't know right questions so that that was my my pick alexa bliss and oscar uh, I also am going to go with Alexa Bliss and Asuka. One, because I'm a big Asuka fan. And two, because Damage Control is still a stupid name. I should call it like it is and call them Damage CTRL. Can't turn right or left? Huh? CTRL? No? He's thinking about it. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to come up with my own. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little sleep deprived and, you know, on meds. So give me a bit. I'll come up with something. I'm sure. Can't think right. Literally. <laughs> huh? How about that? That a good one for our blues tonight? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good description right now. Yeah. I mean, I know there's no comma in there, but maybe you just add that like pregnant pause right in the middle because then then it just it'll flow. <laughs> okay, this match was 12 minutes and 50 seconds, which is going to be about the uh, amount of time we spend on it if we keep BSing before we talk about the stupid match. So, <clears throat> as I mentioned, Alexa Bliss and Asuka beat Dakota Kai and Io Sky on Monday Night Raw. Fast forward five days, essentially, 
to Saturday midday and time for this match. Damage control comes out, all three of them, I might add, as they are a stable or a faction. And Alexa Bliss and Asuka are just uh, there by themselves. I want to also mention before I start talking about the, the match itself that uh, Damage Control entered the ring. They're down there doing their normal thing. <clears throat> Alexa Bliss and Asuka are in the gorilla area right behind the entrance ramp and get interviewed immediately before their uh, music hits. And uh, I want to say, yes, it was uh, Asuka's music that played first. They're by, you know how they, they're by the television all the time, right? There's a TV behind them, usually shows the people in the ring or the logo of the show, different things like that. So they're in the middle of, of talking about women's championships, beating up damage control, that sort of thing. And uh alexa bliss has asked a question and of course she's standing like this the tv's right here and the inter interviewer is right here and so she can see the tv and as she starts answering the question on the screen flashes bray wyatt's logo for about two maybe three seconds and then disappears and alexa bliss noticeably stops and looks at it and then kind of shakes it off and continues asking the question please please do not do not bring alexa bliss back to the stupidity of dealing with uh, or being with bray wyatt please keep them completely separate the lily thing is dumb the psychotic knockoff fiend Alexa Bliss is stupid and she can do her own thing. Just please keep them separated thanks to the offspring. So Asuka comes out to the top of the ramp first. Music plays and she's dancing and then Alexa Bliss's music plays. They both come down to the ring. There they are. Here we go. 12 minutes, 50 seconds. And they're off. So a couple notes for this match. Uh, as Asuka was on the top rope, Dakota Kai and Io Sky took advantage. They ambushed her. They send her flying down to the mat, basically leaving her clutching her knee and then begin selling that, that she can't get up. Okay. So now Alexa Bliss by herself, does what she can. She starts beating the crap out of Dakota Kai or uh, Eo Sky and Dakota Kai. Dakota and Eo. Let's keep them separated. So I have to say, really cool move. At this point, I'm really into this match. Alexa Bliss hits a code red, which looked pretty nasty on Eo Sky, gets a two count. Uh, Sky ends up powering out. Now, Bliss. Goes up to the top rope, and she gets placed up there, I might add. She's almost going to be superplexed by Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Asuka has, at this point, regained her bearings. Comes to the aid in the ring. 
behind Dakota and EO, turns around, grabs them as they are ready to superplex Alexa. And Alexa's here, and a giant four-person superplex. Everybody got destroyed. (laughs) That was kind of cool. I know other people have done it. We've seen it a few other times, different power bombs to superplexes, et cetera, et cetera. But this one actually looked really good. Now, uh, Asuka ends up getting kicked, but uh, she is able to kick out at two. Bliss is up top, attempts the twisted Bliss, but EO Sky provided a distraction that gave Dakota Kai enough time to put her knees up and counter the Twisted Bliss. Ouch. Right in the midsection. Now, as they're trying to figure things out, and again, remember there's a distraction, Nikki Cross comes in from out of nowhere. And I will say, up until this point, match of the night. I was loving this match. Then, distraction Nikki Cross comes in, smokes Alexa Bliss with the fisherman's neck breaker off the top rope. Suddenly, the official is regained composure. Oh, there's a pin. Dakota Kai puts the pin on Alexa Bliss. Now, one, two, three. Damage control is now a two-time WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. And that, folks, is... This shows DraftKings screwy finish of the night. Yeah. I'll call it because this is this is direct outside screwiness. There, there's some more screwiness to come throughout the night, as we'll get to. However, this match 12 minutes 50 seconds and up until the interference, uh, because uh, you remember how Nikki Cross used to be back in the day. She was like psychotic and would come out and just beat everybody up and scream in her hair. She's back to that. No more almost a superhero. She finally dropped that gimmick. Which is good, because that gimmick was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, afterward, uh, all three members of damage control basically patted Nikki cross and they left, uh, essentially seemingly bringing Nikki cross into damage control with them, which as a side note, because we're now past it Monday night raw, there was a match for the 24-7 championship, and as you know how awesome those matches are because they suspend the rules of the 24-7 championship so there can be no outside interference. It was uh, Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross for the 24-7 championship. And Nikki Cross picked up the victory, taking the 24-7 championship. With damage control. They all congratulated her. They went to commercial break. After commercial break, they show the four of them walking backstage. And Nikki Cross eh, just 
uh, out of it looking walking has the belt on her shoulder and they're the four of them are, are walking along and there's a garbage can and without her looking she goes eh, and throws the 24 7 championship in the trash and keeps walking so the good news is apparently the 24 7 championship is now dead at four years old it's gone thank you yeah that championship needed to be gone and i saw the news that it was gone and i was happy about it yeah <clears throat> all right time for match number three this one as i was getting ahead of myself just a few minutes ago this drew mcintyre versus carrion cross with scarlet at some point that i missed it was upgraded to a steel cage match now howard and i have some feelings on steel cage matches just a regular steel cage match not a hell in the cell not a, a punjabi prison match not, not anything else it's a steel cage match would you like to take this one <laughs> yeah uh so the problem with a, a classic steel cage match is is really the invention of one thing and that was when they added the door on it the uh. thing that completely ruined the steel cage match because the steel cage match otherwise great concept a pin or a submission so your normal win or you escape the cage by climbing over that works because you can have some drama with that slow climb it's a big climb it you know if you're having a long match you're hurt makes sense when they added in the door that you could just walk out of it, it has gotten just terrible especially because you get a lot of these like guy does a perfectly good move to his opponent and then has to like slow crawl his way out of the door like his legs no longer work it's just stupid so if they brought the steel cage back to a just a normal steel cage rules get rid of the door i'd be happy but they won't do that <clears throat> yeah stupid door absolutely hate the door this match uh 13 minutes exactly 13 minutes and i chose drew mcintyre mm. did you choose in this one uh you know i i i was pretty sure it was going to be drew just they gave carrion cross you know the the win in the uh the old strap match but I just don't, I don't know. I haven't really heard much done with him since then. So I kind of wonder if his push has not fizzled a little. Yeah. <sighs> well, <clears throat> here we are, 13 minutes. Uh, there was a promo before this match, uh, by the way didn't interrupt the match but uh it might have well have be or may as may as well have just because 
Um, and thinking about it as I look at the list, I, did I mention there were only three suplexes uh, stuck at three? Yeah, I, uh, I, I caught that. Okay. So here we are. Now, again, thinking that this would be a, a cool match because the steel cage and the previous interactions with uh, Scarlet, she had uh, sprayed some pepper spray in uh, Drew McIntyre's face to you know cause problems and make him lose during the strap match, which that was boring as hell but <clears throat> here we go start the match they're going back and forth so nice back and forth action throwing each other into the cage the the typical stuff a little bit up and down in the cage too so i'm i'm okay with that right uh, use the cage for what it's intended for they don't do as much of the cool stuff of flying off the top like they used to but eh, use it if you got it so mcintyre hit a pretty nasty spine buster uh, at one point but uh cross regained some momentum afterward and hit the cross jacket cross then hit a doomsday sado as scarlet was yelling at him from ringside to take him down McIntyre got up and uh, got a couple shots in. Was going to, sh you know, basically hit the Claymore, right? And starts doing the three, two. Well, Scarlet had scaled the side of the cage, distracted Drew McIntyre. So then Cross could come over and get the Cross jacket again and then nail the Cross hammer. McIntyre was able to get up and try to escape the cage after a very nice superplex. But Scarlet was there and ended up with the door open, sprayed McIntyre with some more pepper spray, and got one of the officials that would normally hold that door. Because, you know, somebody has to be there to open the door. Because wrestlers aren't able to open the door themselves. They don't know how, apparently. So, <clears throat> somehow Drew McIntyre is somewhat okay, but now pissed. He grabbed Cross, put him in an ankle lock, and then hit him with a claymore, which left Cross laying on the ground. So, Drew tries to make his way toward the door scarlet makes sure the door gets closed and padlocks it so drew goes okay i mean there's another way to win this climbs up to the top and as he's going up over the top cross awakens and gets over to the door and of course scarlet is now trying to open the padlock to unlock that and then open the door. Well, just enough time wasted by that, that Drew McIntyre is able to get both feet on the ground before Cross is able to crawl through the door and touch the ground 
making your winner of this obnoxious steel cage match drew mcintyre yeah that sounds kind of like a meh ending i mean you know it's the classic like they're trying to make it look as close as possible of whose feet touched the ground first but i mean it really wasn't close because mcintyre crawled down pretty quickly and i don't know it it was it was okay yeah it it sounds that way it doesn't doesn't intrigue me to go out and see some clips of that one yeah anyway there's that hey there's another promo (laughs) i'm sure there's another wwe shop uh, commercial in there as well uh they also announced uh, in the promos as we talked about a little bit earlier the upcoming war games survivor series and it looks like it will be teams Mm -hmm. like the judgment day and the oc and the bloodline and even the women's teams which is damage control (laughs) so there you go all right next match on the card speaking of them the judgment day and the newly returned OC. Uh, this, of course, uh, with uh, Judgment Day, Finn Baller, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio, Rhea Ripley ringside, and the OC, AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. This match, 14 minutes in length. In uh, my pick, I went with the OC because they, you know, just showed up again makes sense um i think though that they're gonna go with the uh judgment day or at least i'm gonna go with the judgment day Uh, but i think that they're gonna book the judgment day one because they want to keep that faction looking strong um and two you need to eventually have uh, a solution to rhea ripley because there's the numbers and we've already seen rhea lift up and slam luke gallows so i just i have a feeling that she's going to interfere in this match and yeah so i I think we're and especially with as you said survivor series war games coming up this can't be the end so i'm gonna go judgment day okay so let's get it on now balor ends up uh taking out aj by throwing him into the ring steps so this leaves luke gallows and carl anderson you know three on two the two of them set up the magic killer on dominic mysterio but damian priest ends up uh pulling him out of the way and uh you know not letting him get blasted styles got up eventually and then did uh, a very frenetic back and forth between he and Balor uh, is like the battle of the club but not the OC because you know he's not in the OC so S- Styles tried to get 
the calf crusher, but Balor countered into a figure four. Woo. And at this point, the six competitors landed electric chairs and a superplex at the same time. The best moment in this match. Styles was about to blast Balor with the phenomenal forearm, but oh, what is this? Rhea Ripley dropped Styles from behind while the referee's back was turned. Balor uses that advantage to hit the coup de grace and claims the one, two, three for the judgment day. This, uh, to some degree, could be some shenanigans, just like the other match there, but not quite to the level of the second out of the uh, uh, eight matches tonight to meet the criteria for the DraftKings refinish of the night. Because, you know, the last match with the OC spray, this match with Rhea Ripley, eh, it is what it is. Uh, I do have to say that I am annoyed by Dominic Mysterio's wrestling. It's like the talent of a wet washcloth. Hmm. I I think that is kind of part of him being a heel. I I you know I I, I wish I had more uh, great insight <laughs> on that, but uh, that's just because he's a heel. Eh, who I, cares you know, if he sucks? I mean, he did all right when he was partnered with his dad, but I it was okay. He had some, you know, he's got, he's got some of the cool moves and he can do cer- certain things. But I mean, you compare him to other wrestlers who supposedly have been working for f- five to 20 years. It's just not there. Yeah, but I, I think part of that is so, okay, I'll, I'll give a little bit better thought on this. But I think part of it is that he's always been meant to look like a rookie. Like, you know, like even though he's been there now, for so long just the air and the attitude it's very rookie-ish the second part is he could do all of the cool flippy stuff when he was with his dad because they were faces and good guys but now that he's a heel and turned on his dad it wouldn't make sense for him to do all of the like cool flippy stuff you know it's kind of like why we haven't seen a Rey Mysterio heel run because if he was a heel, then you wouldn't do all the cool moves that everybody cheers. And, you know, it just wouldn't work that way. So I think that that's kind of what you're seeing is now that he's a heel, he can't do the cool flippy stuff because he can't do the cool flippy stuff. He's really got nothing else uh, in the bag of tricks. So there. I got there. I got to the to the better analysis. It just took a while. You know, the hamster had to get on the wheel and start, you know, running a bit. Glad that he was like living in the corner there for a second, just starting to power the light bulb, <laughs> get the thing rolling. That uh, that match was fourteen minutes as well, and the steel cage match again thirteen minutes. So at this point, we are up to that's uh, twenty seven thirty nine fifty. So about forty six minutes into the show. <clears throat> Another promo. 
the match of the night. Braun Strowman and Omos. I didn't say the best match of the night. I just said the match of the night. Which match? The one to go take a dump. This was 7 minutes, 20 seconds too long. I, yeah. I I've, have not liked Omos at all since he showed up in WWE in the Fight Club uh, after hours Shane McMahon thing. I I just don't feel that he really has a lot to give to WWE. He, really, he's in the Great Khali's area. The difference is the Great Khali was actually funny. Yeah. Uh, in this one, I picked uh, Braun Strowman. Uh, I, too, is going to pick uh, Strowman on this. Um, just because, otherwise, you know, why do you bring him back to lose to Omos and such? So that's my my very quick. I don't have much better, like, deep analysis on that. Mm-hmm. Well. We'll get the hamster running because here we go. (sighs) MVP was not with Omos at this point because the quote unquote night before on SmackDown. I say the night before because that's when it aired. However, SmackDown was recorded on Wednesday or Tuesday uh, in the week. So then they could make it over to Saudi Arabia and maybe get some sleep and whatnot. Now, uh, the two of them by themselves, this had a very slow start start to it. Uh, The typical matchup in the middle of the ring, Strowman looking small compared to Omos, and they went a little old school right away with a test of strength between the two, and of course, you know, the the hands, right? Omos initially won uh, controlling, you know, that uh, beginning part of it and trying to dominate and trash talk and manhandle uh, Braun Strowman. But um, Strowman was fighting back and trying to look strong as well. And I mean, you know, you got the pure muscle and pure muscle. So it is what it is. So with one arm, Omas power slammed Strowman. But then Strom- Strowman started getting the momentum Going for the Strowman Express because Omos at this point had been dumped to the outside of the ring. As he comes running around, Omos derails the Strowman Express and blasts Strowman. And I think it was a big boot, if I remember right, laying there on the ground. So Omos uh, at this point grabbed him, brought him back into the ring and tried to finish this match thankfully try to get this over with but uh stroman ended up moving out of the way of uh, a shoulder block as omas was running into the turnbuckle omas hit the turnbuckle stroman lifted omas to drop him with the 
running power slam and one two three it's finally over seven minutes 20 seconds your winner braun Strowman. this match should have been on the kickoff show or should not have happened on uh, a lot a premium live event because it could have been on smackdown or raw i really don't care i would have fast forwarded through it Yeah, it. This was not a match that I had much interest in. Um, so instead, let me bring up. Hey, did you uh, see that uh, on Dynamite? Jeff Jarrett was back. Yes. Uh, shot a, a a promo, including introducing uh, Satnam Singh, to which he said, "This ain't no make believe monster who wears red skinny jeans." Gee, I wonder where he got that. And is produced by the Banana Nose Circus. So taking shots at both Strowman and Triple H in that one. So there. I, I countered yep. this boring match with something else. The other, since you bring up Jeff Jarrett, when he showed up a week ago, it was uh, Darby Allen in the ring. JJ uh, smashed darby with a guitar and when i mean smashed he blasted darby in the head so bad darby got you know he's laying on the ground you know knocked out right the pool of blood forming under his head kept growing and growing around his his head i'm like get that man some freaking help holy crap he's gonna die in the ring But they cut a promo that was like four minutes long. And Jeff Jarrett introducing himself to the AEW audience. Uh, sorry, the AEW wrestling audience. Like, wait a minute. Doesn't that mean all elite wrestling wrestling? Well, audience? I mean, it it is, you know. J-A-R-R-E-T-T. I mean, it, it just, it, it, I get it. Works for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> well, I don't know if Darby Allen's okay. I haven't heard anything uh, about his, his re wrestling status or health status, but, uh, my God, there is a pool of blood around his head. So I hope he's okay. Let's get on with this show because we're at number six. <clears throat> we are up to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match with your champions, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes, Sans Sheamus, because he got written off TV. Why? Because Sheamus got married. And at the wedding, the bar reunited. So there's that. And Miro was there. Rusev. So there's that. Uh, I picked the Usos. Um, yeah, I'm also going to pick the Usos. I, I mean, the Brawling Brutes, which is also a stupid name, uh, have been lighting up the place, but I don't think they're going to put the title on them. I think it's still going to be the Usos. 
this match, 10 minutes, 45 seconds. No Sami Zayn for obvious reasons. If you don't know the obvious reasons, uh, that is because Sami Zayn is of Syrian descent. And, um, well, Saudi Arabia and Syria aren't really, um, let's just say, friends at the moment. And, um, yeah, doesn't participate in Saudi Arabian events for that reason. So there you go. He's not that oozy in the bloodline. Okay, so here we go. The Usos at uh, one point after they started this match tried to walk out. They were just going <laughs> to call it like, nah, we're done. Ridge Holland and Butch. Pete Dunn grabbed him, stopped them. The uh, crowd was chanting that they wanted Sami Zayn which was interesting. And uh, Jay Uso showed distress over that because S Sammy is uh, in charge of Jay Uso right now from Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of weird time in the bloodline, I guess. Uh, Rich Holland ended up <clears throat> lifting both Usos and dropping both of them. Uh, with ease so yeah he dropped him on purpose now ridge holland did a call out to sheamus by giving jay the nine beats of the beldrum and then uh, as a little bit of payback butch and holland slammed jimmy's hand the same way the bloodline took out sheamus just a wee few weeks ago the usos Nearly at the match one with a double top rope splash. The uh, double Uso splash as we've come to know for the past years. And that was on to Butch. But Holland broke up the pinfall. Butch then snapped Jay's hand, which was okay the following day. Uh, the same way that uh, Jay may have, you know, broken on the European tour. Anyway, in the closing moments, Usos earned the win after hitting the 1D from the top rope on Butch. Your winners, as uh, expected, the Usos. That was 10 minutes, 45 seconds. It was all right. I kind of figured there's, there's not two teams that really align themselves well to have a good match because the one's more brawler the one other is kind of more eh, used to be high flyer you know still kind of our high flyers but it just it doesn't quite always mean a good a good match especially because it's not like the brawling guys i mean ridge is pretty big Butch Pete Dunn is not really a big guy, so it's not like you're, you have a couple of large guys that you know the high flyers can do spots off of. It it's just a kind of a bad 
pairing in that sense. Yeah. I I will say, Kidder, maybe let me throw this out here. Wouldn't this have been a great spot to actually beat the Usos? Because if you mm -hmm. didn't have Sami Zayn there, that just could help build that storyline, you know, tension if it's like, well, gosh, Sammy wasn't there and we lost the titles. Could have been interesting. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to do it, but it would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Correct. Oh, well. On to the next one. This match, your second longest of the night. 20 minutes, 20 seconds. And yes, the second to last match for the Raw Women's Championship. It is Bianca Belair versus Bayley. And this match I went back and forth on because, <clears throat> well... This kind of, you know, seems like it uh, could be an either way match, right? Another good point where, yes, it's overseas in front of a huge crowd. Uh, it's enough. I mean, it's a month basically before Survivor Series, but enough time to really set up something at WrestleMania. Yeah, it can still be done at Survivor Series because that's another three months, but an extra month to set something up. There were, uh, with the uh, attendance, just because, you know, that is a big thing of how many people were there, right? This is a big enough event. Uh, apparently, we don't have uh, the attendance on here. <laughs> Is just a big crowd. Apparently. Apparently they don't. So, the mysterious number somewhere between 10,000 and 60,000 people would have been a good enough place to have that set up and kind of a slight direction change for storylines. So, who do you pick on this one? Um, for this, Kidder, um, I thought about it a lot as well, but, you know... The commentators I was listening to up until this had kind of said that, you know, they were introducing Nikki Cross into this so that they could take the belt off Bianca, you know, like make it a, a triple threat, take the belt off Bianca without pinning Bianca. But now that Nikki Cross is apparently part of damage control, um, I don't think Bailey can beat Bianca. So I'm going to go Bianca. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's get it on. There was a promo before this match, uh, by the way. Uh, so they, they uh, tried to do some innovation in this match. They went hard hitting. Bailey ended up pulling out a weapon of each of the normal kinds. First, the kendo stick. 
went to town on Bianca. It ended up partially breaking, and Bailey threw it backwards. The some bitch landed on the barricade. The barricade's like this. It was laying like this, exactly balanced for a good eight to ten minutes. <laughs> I have to agree with Corey Graves. Couldn't do that again, even if you tried. <laughs> <laughs> because it was from the ring. Whack! And then just bizarre. Uh, so then she grabbed uh, a chair, did some cool things, a table, had trouble setting up the table, ended up grabbing a ladder. It was like we're having a TLC match, but it's the wrong month for that. So one cool move was a leaping clothesline from the barricade onto Bianca Belair while she was seated on a chair. Looked like it hurt. Huh. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Belair got some momentum. She dropped Bailey on the ring steps with a spine buster. You know, that always feels good. Bailey then tried to run away. And ended up grabbing that kendo stick again, <laughs> conveniently placed on top of the barricade, <laughs> and uh, started hitting Bianca a little bit. Dropped it, grabbed Bianca, and did a Bailey to Belly now up on the uh, stage. So the part, top part of the entrance ramp. Whack! Yeah, it, it looked like it hurt. So as uh, this match, again, a last woman standing match. So you have to do the annoying one, two, three. I will give uh, the official in this that he was counting a lot faster than that. So it's not really a last person standing match when you're counting that fast <clears throat> anyway bianca's laying there bailey goes into the back and pulls out or pushes out one of the big road cases i'm like okay what are we doing with this bailey blasts bianca a couple times including into the side of it and whatnot but then throws Bianca into the case, closes the lid, <clears throat> but doesn't lock it. So, Bianca is able to bust out of the case at like an eight count. And it, as she busts it open, it ends up hitting Bailey in the face. But Bailey continues to, you know, think on her toes, if you will, because Bianca is still toast for lack of a better term so bailey ran back comes around the corner with a golf cart and she comes driving toward bianca and then awkwardly stops like before and bianca kind of like makes it look like she got hit by it it was terrible <sighs> so <clears throat> Then Bianca grabs Bailey, puts 
Bailey on top of the golf cart. And so now the two of them are on top of the golf cart. Conveniently, I might add, there happens to be traction strips that were placed on top of the golf cart. So it's almost like this had been pre-planned. Hmm. Weird. Uh, they try and do a couple different moves on top of it, but nothing really happens. Bianca knocks Bailey, so then she's stuck on top of there. And yeah, I'm already getting bored with it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Bianca gets down, gets behind the wheel, and drives down the entrance ramp. And I half expected to see Bianca either run into the side of the ring like the beer truck or milk truck respectively or stop short really quick and have Bailey go tumbling off well neither happened remember that table I said that had been set up awkwardly well that's still sitting there so Bailey who is still on top of the golf cart and had plenty of opportunity to get down gets picked up by Bianca who had climbed on top of the golf cart ends up putting both of them through the table blast it so now Bianca pulls Bailey into the ring which is also where remember I said that Bailey grabbed a ladder earlier on well the ladder is laying in the ring now, Bianca hits Bailey, so she's able to be positioned <clears throat> on the ladder, as in on the inside of the ladder. Bianca then closes the ladder like this and pushes the ladder into the turnbuckle in the corner so that it can't be opened because the ropes on the bottom are preventing it from opening bailey ends up being stuck in the 10 count and bianca belair is your last woman standing there were a couple other cool spots including a, a huge uh, like superplex onto a bunch of the chairs looked like it hurt and uh, a couple nasty moves uh, off the top rope through one of the seated chairs which actually blew the chair apart so WWE needs to work on their their chair quality that they're purchasing. Spend that extra dollar. Make sure the welds hold. Well, this sounds like there are some interesting spots, at least. Um, but it does sound like it was kind of a long match. And again, it's a <sighs> last man standing match. They're kind of like an I quit match. I just I don't know. I've gotten tired of them. Because they always end with some, like, it's not that you've beaten your opponent so bad that they stay down. It's, I came up with some clever way to hold you down. Yeah. I hate, hate last man, last woman standing matches. And they just did a last man standing match a couple months ago. Well, they did an I quit, which is or an about, I quit. Yeah. Which is about the same. Yeah. So, enough of that. 
<clears throat> done with it. 20 minutes of my life I don't get back. It wasn't that bad. There's some good moves, but I hate those matches. So here we are. Main event. Sorry. <clears throat> it's time for the main event. Here you go. We'll crossover for you. This one, your WWE Universal World Heavyweight Champion of the World, universally championated Roman Reigns, and Logan Paul. I pick Roman Reigns. Being that this is only like Logan Paul's third match ever, I think it's going to be Reigns. I will say, Kidder, saying that, I have heard, no spoilers, but I did hear that Logan Paul was impressive in this match. So I just want to throw that out there. I got that much, but I don't know who wins. I just saw a couple of videos on the old YouTube as I was scrolling that said, you know, Logan Paul impressive in his match. So I just want to throw that out there. That's that's mm. about as close to a spoiler as I was able to, or as I saw, as I tried to stay away from this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's like staying away from spoilers of a, a popular movie until you see it. Okay, so let's get it on. 24 minutes, 50 seconds was this match, which for a Roman Reigns match is way too long. Now, Logan Paul makes his entrance first and huge, huge spot uh, from the top of this giant man lift that had been covered. So you couldn't really tell that it's a man lift, but he was like halfway to the, to the open air <laughs> roof. <laughs> And he was live streaming it uh, on, on his social media, I guess. Then Roman Reigns came out. Here's the funny thing. At this point, because we're now, you know, three hours into this show or something. I'm like, I'm going to go take a leak. <laughs> I drank a lot of water that day. I took a really long leak. Roman was still not done with his entrance. <laughs> I like this is this is bad. When I take a four minute piss and he's still not done with his entrance. Like, let's move it along, please. Yes, I know Tuscan Twos Jr. has the longest entrances in wrestling history. However, they're actually interesting. <laughs> I get the crowd involved. I get I get Howard the ref. Listen, Howard the ref is pissed because I think he got stuttered once during the entrance. I, I'm sure that happened at some point. Howard's just bitter. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay. So here we are. I took my bathroom break. I came back. I was ready to go for this match and hopefully not fall asleep. So <sighs> Logan Paul <clears throat> does what he can as they both start very, very tensely. The emotion is there. The buildup, eh, it's all right. So Logan Paul ends up doing some great moves in this match. As you said, he wrestled 
probably three times better than Dominic Mysterio. Just, just throwing that out there, okay? So Roman Reigns starts beating down on Logan Paul. Paul makes a, a little bit of a comeback. He starts fighting back with a huge clothesline that uh, put Rain down for a close two count. Reigns uh, gets close to the uh, camera and calls out a bunch of YouTube stars as uh, he he had the uh, the cross face. Sorry, not supposed to call it that. The the face lock <laughs> on Logan Paul. Uh, Logan Paul ended up. Uh, coming back and did a huge gut wrench suplex. Good. Logan Paul had been training with Shawn Michaels. They made a point to mention that several times ahead of the match. And at this point, <clears throat> emulated the two, count them, two-time WWE Hall of Famer by tuning up the band. Well, the sweet chin music attempt missed as uh, Roman Reigns turned it around by planting Paul with a Irinagi. Now, at this point, Paul got back up, landed one of the one lucky punches <clears throat> as what was billed to uh, win the championship. So uh, he ended up hitting that punch, but Roman Reigns turn it around, and hit a Superman punch on Logan Paul. Of course, uh, Roman Reigns is able to survive. <clears throat> now, calling back to matches that Logan Paul had with The Miz, Logan Paul went up to the top ropes, flew through the air, smashed Roman Reigns with a frog splash, and this point, through a table. Not just any table. The announce desk. That looked pretty cool, too. So at this point, guess what? The Usos come on out to the ring to check on Roman Reigns before uh, beating up Logan Paul's entourage with super kicks. Uh, Logan Paul had a few people out there with him recording and uh, hyping him up. Uh, not as many people as Floyd Mayweather did, if you remember that match with Big Show where he had like 30 people with him. Uh, Logan Paul had, uh, I want to say, two or three. So a little bit of back and forth there. Uh, frog splash again from Logan Paul, but Roman Reigns kicks out. Solo Sokoa hit the ringside area and started yelling, uh, basically with uh, the rest of the people. And who came out? Well, Jake Paul came out to be the equalizer there against Solo Sokoa. There's a bunch of commotion on the outside of the ring between the Bloodline, the Paul brothers. Reigns ends up getting a little bit of momentum, hits Logan Paul with a Superman punch by a giant spear. One, two, three. That's the end of the match. And, of course... Uh, partially with the assistance of the distraction from the bloodline, your winner is Roman Reigns. It was okay. I I really don't like uh, Roman Reigns matches, and I don't think he is a uh, defending the title as much as he should. Overall, we'll talk about that in a second. Your thoughts on this match? 
I I mean, I'd, I'd still kind of am interested to see this and see how um, Logan Paul does. Because as I said, I, I saw some videos hyping up that he did a good job. So it would be nice to see for myself. <laughs> that said, uh, Roman Reigns matches are unfortunately still, they're still slow. That I, and I get it, you know, but it, it, they can be kind of painful to watch. He, he can put on a good match. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I think Roman is capable of good matches. I just, I think you have to get through like the first six, seven minutes of it where it's the slowest thing on, you know, on earth and it's the slow build and it's just, and Cena had the same problem, you know, like Cena matches again, like the first six, seven minutes are really slow. You had to get through that to get to the, you know, the meat of a, of it and the, the better storytelling and such, which is why I think like the Reigns versus Kevin Owens matches, we were uh, given kind of at the beginning of Reigns's uh, run were really good because they weren't just slow. There was some story behind it, and um, Owens kind of brought that out. But I have yet to see anybody really get that out of Reigns these days. Yeah, it's almost like you can't be with KO. We're we're really good at that too. Yeah, but that was like two years ago. <laughs> and yet, I still remember him to bring him up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love KO. So overall, you know, uh, being a Saudi Arabia show, it, it was fine. They had some great usage of other drones that have LED lights on them to make figures in the sky. They had some very cool pieces uh, within uh, the entrances. And I thought that was unique, both from shots from that other drone with the camera and showing that in the arena, but then also shots from within the arena during the entrance showing all of the drones up in the sky. Very cool perspective, and then how they could even move and change lighting as they were in formation. I dig it. Um, the music was all right for the show. I... I'm not a fan of a lot of the wrestlers' music choices or what they're stuck with these days. Uh, they're, you know, Baron Corbin, top of my list. His current theme is trash, and his uh, previous theme with Tommy Vexed as the vocalist, best wrestling theme in the past 10 years. So there's a couple of things like that um what else uh, stood out to me with this uh you know it wasn't uh four hours long which was kind of nice uh a couple other pieces i guess is um one of the uh, referees uh jessica carr was there and Daphne Lashon, uh, the first ever women's stipulation match, took place at the uh, live premium event there. 
And um, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on on this show? Well, I will say, um, and it, I may be wrong because I, I don't, I can't quite remember last year's Brown Jewel, but no Mansoor. You know, usually he's in a match to correct. You know, so no Mansoor in this one. Um, but otherwise, eh, it sounded like it was an okay show. Not a bad show, not a spectacular show, but all right. And uh, he, if you've been looking at the scoreboard, in, oh, well, yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say, if you're scoreboard. looking at the scoreboard up top, uh, I mean, if this gives you anything about it, uh, Kidder, you came in second with six, correct? And I had seven for first. So the fact that we are like, you know, I missed one. Two, if you count the suplex question, but like that's almost impossible to always get. So, really, out of the eight matches, I predicted seven. You predicted six. I mean, that tells you something about the uh, quality of the show. It's like yeah. there, there's no surprise. There's no like I, I know we talked about having some angst about like the Bianca Bailey one trying to figure that out but otherwise i'd i'd almost argue that this was a fairly predictable show as part of my overall thought which is why i brought this up <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah i i would almost think that uh it, you know it could have been better with those couple changes that i mentioned uh like the second match <laughs> Had that switch been there, would have been a lot better, in my opinion. Um, last year, by the way, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali had a singles match. That was 10 minutes exactly for yeah. uh, Crown Jewel 2021. And before that, Crown Jewel 2019, it uh, was Mansoor beating Cesaro in a singles match. That was 12 minutes, 45 seconds for that match. And in 2018... <laughs> I don't think we need to go through the history of oh, Mansoor. Oh, we just... He, oh. He's on every Saudi Arabia show, except like this one, apparently. So... It, it was just kind of an interesting thing I had made note of. He was not in the 2018 Crown Jewel, which was the first that featured DX versus the Brothers of Destruction in a match uh, I still haven't seen. He uh, he wasn't in a match, but he was on the show. Because I think that was the one where they introduced, here's our fine new Saudi Arabian talent. And he was part of that group. So, but he's been in pretty much all of them. It was just kind of slow before he was actually in a match because they had to train him, if I recall. But anyway, Kidder, any last thoughts on Crown Jewel before we put this show to bed? Hmm. Hmm. No. <laughs> Go to uh, beerbluesbs.com. 
Well, I was, I was going to say, then let's wrap this up with our usual cheap plugs. We talked uh, enough. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> wrap that's, it up. Uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. I give Kidder a break and we'll see if I can make it through the cheap plugs without losing a lung. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you can join us at our home in cyberspace, beerbluesbs.com. Uh, you can find links to all of the places where the show is located. You can find the button to our merch store. That's right. We kind of highlighted this earlier. There are mugs. There are shirts. There are sweatshirts. There are aprons that Kidder is really, really proud about. He also forgot decorative throw pillows. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, for the home those decor. Are, those are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, besides that, if you uh, wish to maybe help out the show in another way, but you don't want to throw a lot of money towards it, you can always buy us a beer. It's cheapest beer on the internet at $3. <laughs> you could get one of us a, uh, a beverage and hey, get your name in the show. Even put in a message. So that's there as a possibility. Cheap, hey, if cheapest you want... plugs on the internet. <laughs> We're yep. getting somewhere. Yeah. Hey, you want more of this great content? Check out our Facebook page. You never know what kind of stuff we're going to post there. We're also on the Instagram. I don't know what that looks like because Howard's not on the gram. Uh, if you like to see our happy, smiling faces, you can join us on YouTube. Just search Beer Blues MBS to see the video version of this show. If you're more of an audiophile, maybe you have a lot of you know traveling to do. Maybe you're stuck in a snowbank somewhere. Hey, we got you covered. Just go to your favorite podcast delivery service, you know, like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, anything like that. And you know what? Hey, you can find us there. Just search Beer Blues NBS. And, uh, you know, there you go. We're there. Download it. Play us. Take us where you go. And, uh, yeah, I think... I think I hit all the plugs. I think I got them. And hey, I'm still talking. I'm Howard <laughs> Blues. The guy Please on the other like, end. Please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> nah, I try. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the Mark Kidder. You know, keep that glass at least half full. Woo. Uh, you know, Kidder's buying beer tomorrow. And uh, we'll mm. see you on a snow-covered uh, road. Somewhere. Dang old Tuscan Highway. I'm gonna yeah. plow that some bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> you have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty.